Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. attributes of God, his goodness and his mercies. Many other examples of that, but I have to move with the speed of light. Second reason you find people praise God for his practical benefits. What did I say? So, for instance, I mean, just imagine you are before the Red Sea, hopeless, and you can see Pharaoh and his army, army charging towards you. You don't know what to do. And then Moses stretches his rod and the ocean divides. And you walk through. The Bible tells us that the, the moment they got to the other side, they broke forth in praise. They began to praise the Lord and they sang him songs because of his practical benefits. And so the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his whole, whole holy name. And forget not all his what? And then he begins to list some of them. He says, who heals our diseases, forgives our iniquities. So when you thank God for healing, that's, that's praising God for his practical benefits. Or even for salvation. He gave his son to die for you. You're praising God for his practical benefits. And that's powerful. All of these thanksgivings, the scopes of these thanksgivings should be present in our prayer. Come on, are you with me? And then the third one, praising God about his creation. I see the stars, I hear thy path throughout the universe. Then sings my soul, then sings my soul, my Savior God. How great thou art! How great! So the psalmist in Psalm 148, from verse 1, says, Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! From the heavens, praise him from the heights. So praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all heavenly hosts. It says, praise him, sun. Praise him, moon. Praise him, all the shining stars. It says, praise him in the, he the heavens and in the waters above the heavens. It says, let them praise the name of the Lord. It says, because he commanded and they were created. That's praising God for his creation. It's a powerful context of praise. But then there's a fourth one I want to emphasize. This one, many people do not know. Listen, if you pay attention to what I am teaching you and you incorporate it into your devotion, your life will change. I'm telling you. This is one of the biggest secrets of my life. You see, as an undergraduate, my friends and I were going for a conference. And this doesn't tell the full story because, of course, behind all of this, there's a lot of praying, long extended praying. But you see, we we're going for a conference and someone was just cracking jokes and we were just all laughing. We got to the door. We were still laughing. You know, we were walking through the house, you know, and of course, nobody was joking, but just reminiscing what the person said was still in that mood. By the time we got to the front... The man of God said, said to me, you're going to take the next session. So now, how do I switch from laughing into the mood? Well, it took me seconds, and I'm going to teach you how. So I picked up the mic, 
and I said, there is someone at the back. You're wearing a purple shirt. And in the pocket is, a, is an inhaler. The Lord says, you won't have need of it. You've been healed of asthma. You know, I began to flow in word of knowledge and all those things. Now, that person that I talked about, the person who was by his side, you know, came to me about a year later and said, do you remember that meeting? That was my friend. He has been healed ever since. Glory to God. Now, but my friends who were in that meeting came to me and said, how could you switch like that? It's a spiritual hack. Jesus switched like that all the time. He could be talking to people and next moment he's talking to God. Father, glorify your name. And God replies on the spot. How? You know, some people don't know how to carry that kind of atmosphere perpetually. One simple way, and the fourth context of thanksgiving in the Bible, praising God for his power demonstrated in his ministers. In this context, I'm talking about you. Praising God for his power demonstrated in your life. You know, to highlight this, I'm going to read another psalm to you. And you're going to be seeing some of the other scopes of thanksgiving there. Then you will see the one I just mentioned. In Psalm 104 from verse 1. Open your Bibles very quickly. This is going to bless you. Are you learning anything already? In Psalm 104 from verse 1. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Verse 2, everybody read together. Verse 3, he lays the beams of his upper chambers in waters. Who makes the clouds his chariots? Who walks on the wings of the wind? Verse 4, everybody wants to go. Who makes his angel spirits? And his ministers flames of fire. Let me say this. Every one of us must have heard that text before. But you probably never realized that the context was thanksgiving. And every other thing mentioned, you know how to thank God. You can thank God that he makes the clouds his chariots. He clothes himself with lights. You praise him like that. But have you learned to praise him? That he makes his angels, spirits, and his ministers, flames of fire. Are you aware that there is something to praise God about? Have you ever done that? Oh Lord, I thank you that you make your angels, spirits, and ministers, flames of fire. First and foremost, just in case you don't know that this concerns you. You see, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that God... Jesus wrote letters to seven churches, right? He says to the angels of seven churches. But when you read carefully, you see that he was writing that letter not to celestial beings, but to human beings. And why were they called angels? Because angels means messengers. And he was writing to the pastors. Because pastors are his envoys in his divine assignment, he calls them angels. Do you understand what I'm saying? So by your understanding, even though humans are not angels, by assignments, we are messengers just as angels are. Come on, are you with me? So I am putting this to you. If the Bible called pastors angels, it means that when it comes to our functionalities, that principle applies not just to the celestial beings, but to men of God. Servants of God, you and I, come on, are you with me? So when he says he makes his angel spirits and ministers flames of fire, he's talking about you. So what does it mean to thank God that he makes his angel spirits and ministers flames of fire? You're simply thanking God that he doesn't send you without backing. Did you hear what I said? Oh Lord, I thank you. You make your angel spirits ministers flames of fire. You didn't send me without backing. I know whose I am. I know whom I serve. Ah, 
faithful is he that has called? Who also will do it? I thank you that I'm not alone in this divine assignment. You have aided me with capacity to maximize my call, to execute my assignment with excellence and with precision. You see, there is something the Yorubas call or Rome or Nisha, what? The one who sends and goes with you. He makes his angel spirits and ministers flames of so it is something to thank God for. That every time angels go and excel in strength, you thank God for it because this is not their power. Are you getting this? It is not their power, it's not their ability. I thank you, Lord. I've got back in you. There is nothing you have ever asked me to do. You have not given me the capacity to do. You make your angel spirits and ministers flames of fire. Therefore, I step out with confidence and understanding. I thank you. I thank you. Now, the church is used to praying for power and listen, I don't even want to begin to talk about that. We are even used to stirring up power and that is very important. But have you learned to thank God that you have back in? That if you choose to obey and heed the heavenly call hanging over your head, you will not be alone. He makes his angel spirits and ministers what? He makes his angel spirits and ministers what? <laughs> he didn't just say you will carry fire. He says you will be fire. Meaning they won't be able to distinguish you from fire. Glory to God. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Thank God like that. Thank God like that. <laughs> the efficacy of his messengers are his praise. He makes his angel spirits. I praise you, O oh God, that you make your angel spirits and ministers flames Flames, flames, flames. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, what I'm saying is not just an Old Testament reality. Paul learns to thank God for his backing. In 1 Timothy 1.12, he says, I thank you. For he enabled me. I, my God. You know, we are used to pray, Lord, enable me. Enable me. Enable me. And th there is a place for that. But when he does, have you learned to thank him for it? Listen, if you thank him for it, you will see it more. I'm teaching you a secret of supernatural execution. You want to see more power in your life? Learn to thank God for what he has given you. I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord, for he has enabled me. Greek word, endunamo. It means to endure with power. I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is how a minister of the gospel ought to talk. Have you talked like that? I didn't ordain myself. I didn't call myself. I thank you, Jesus. You have enabled me. Oh, my God. I'm, I expect you to be repeating it as I'm saying it. I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord. He has enabled me. Say it three times. Come on. Come on. Are you enabled? Are you enabled? Are you enabled? Hey. You know what Paul said to the church in Corinth? He says not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves. He says our sufficiency, our enablement, our capacity and ability is of God who has made us able, 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 able. Able ministers of the New Testament. Hey, I've got ability, ability, ability. Hey, 
Can you thank God for that? I've got ability. Woo! Hey, listen. He said we're not bragging here. We're not bragging. We are not taking the honor to ourselves. It is not as though we are sufficient of ourselves. It's not of ourselves. That, that's why we're thanking God for it. Our sufficiency in ministry, in our Christian life, my abilities of God. He has enabled me. Ah, enabled. There is nothing he has asked me to do that I don't have the capacity to do. He, he, he's not an irresponsible sender. When he sends you, he backs you up. When he sends you, he gives you resources. All over the world, soldiers don't buy their own uniform. They don't buy their own guns. They don't buy their own boots. They go sponsored. Sponsored. Ha! I thank Christ Jesus, my Lord. He has enabled me. Hi. You know why I'm, I'm taking my time? I'm teaching you to talk like that. Some of you only know how to thank God for practical benefits. Ah, I got admission, thank God. Have you thanked him for, your, for his enablement on your life? Because listen, every time you thank him for it, you recognize it. It, it, it helps your consciousness. I'm enabled. I'm, I, I, I was born to do this. Did you, did you hear what I said? Born for this. For such a time as this. You know, the Bible said about Jesus, it says the people who sat in darkness saw a great light. The Bible said about John the Baptist, he says there was a man sent from God. His name was John. Guess who wrote the book? Okay, John said about John the Baptist, right? You know, so learn to talk enablement. Eh? Learn to talk enablement. If you are from God, say you are from God. <laughs> I walk with God the Father, walk with God the Son, walk with God the Spirit. I get back in all. <laughs> I know they walk alone. I expect you to brag. I'm giving you a few seconds. Say it. I walk with God the Father, walk with God the Son, walk with God the Spirit. I get back in <laughs> I don't walk alone. Hey, say, I know they walk. I'm giving you one more chance. Do this with conviction. Say, I walk with God the Father. Hey, I know they walk alone. <laughs> Is that true about you? Listen, I want to interrupt my sermon for 10 seconds, blasting other tongues. I'm not saying this to excite you, blasting other tongues like this is your reality. in the Holy Ghost. He makes his ministers, his ministers, his ministers, his ministers, flames of fire, flames of fire. Flames of fire. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. Please be seated. I walk with God the Father, walk with God the Son. I walk with God's spirit. 
I get back in home. I never walk alone. No. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Do it one more time. Say, I walk. Say. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I get back, you know. <laughs> I know they walk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. Come on, I said hallelujah. does fire represent? What does it represent? Is this just something to be excited about? What does it represent? I'm going to share just four contexts in the Bible. Number one, fire. In the Bible, is a witness. What did I say? Alright, so the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus speaking, it says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Now, that power was dramatized. In the upper room, suddenly there was a sound, a rushing mighty wind and cloven tongues as of fire sat on the head of everyone. That was the fulfillment of that promise. Come on, it wasn't it? But now, here's the question. Who is a witness? Who is a witness? A witness is someone who saw, who heard, or who knows by personal experience. That's who a witness is. Someone who saw Heard or knows by personal experience. Listen, you might have heard me teach on this before and I want to re-emphasize just so that you understand. Listen. You cannot be a witness by faith. Nobody calls a witness to court and then the judge would ask, well, did he do it? And you say, no. How do you know? He's, he's my guy. He can't do that. That's not a witness. You'll be held in contempt. Is that what they call it? That's not a witness. For you to be a witness, you must have heard or seen or you know by personal experience or perception. So when Jesus called the disciples witnesses, it's because they heard, they saw, and they knew unequivocally that Jesus was raised from the dead. Come on, are you with me? They didn't believe in the resurrection by faith. They knew it by fact. They tested it. Peter went to the grave, to the tomb, saw the grave clothes folded. The Bible says he believed. Thomas still didn't believe. He said, what is this you people are saying? Until I put my finger into his holes, I won't believe. And sure enough, Jesus showed up, called him, said, feel me. He says, feel me because you can't feel gold like this. Just in case you think this is a hallucination. He said, what are you guys eating? He saw food on the table. He ate it. Thomas repented. My Lord and my God. So now, of course, Jesus expected them to do more than believe by fact. He said, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe, right? That's all of us. We are blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. But you see, I, I want to explain in literal terms what it means to be a witness. So, before Jesus said what he said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you need to realize what was said in verse 3. The Bible says that he showed himself alive to the disciples with many infallible proofs. He this is why they are witnesses. 
he showed himself alive to the disciples with many infallible proofs. So they knew by facts. But then, fact was not enough. Because if fact is enough, why then do you need power? They could have been mere storytellers. Oh, Jesus is alive. Oh. I saw it with my own eyes. But that was not enough. Jesus still said you shall receive power. Come on, are you with me? So meaning he doesn't want you to be a storyteller. Even if you verified it. No matter the amount of knowledge that you have. This is not how to do ministry. You have to do ministry with the power of the Holy Ghost. And so even if for 40 days this resurrected Christ was with them. Teaching them for 40 days. If it was a hallucination, they would have woken up at least by the third day. 40 days. He tutored them. They, he met, so, see, you have to understand Luke said to Theophilus, he says he showed himself alive with many infallible proofs. But yet he said, tarry in Jerusalem. Come on, are you with me? Until you are endued with power from on high. You have to understand, in the kingdom, the end doesn't justify the means. There is a way God's things ought to be done. Are you with me? There is a way. There is a way. So, just because you want to do ministry doesn't mean you are doing it right. You have to do it. And God's method is this. You have to do it with power. Not just with information. I know you've read. You have all the facts. You think you have a message. You don't have a message until you have received the Spirit. Come on, are you with me? This is the methodology of the kingdom. You cannot be a witness without power. You might have all the facts and the information, but it's going to take power. Come on, say amen if you believe what I'm saying. It's going to take power. Paul said to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4, he says, so that your faith will not stay in men's wisdom, but in the demonstration of spirit and power. I don't want your faith to be hinged on men's wisdom, on persuasive words, use of English, grammatical expressions. It says demonstration of spirit. That's God's method. Not the person by your side. Say, that's God's method. Listen, this is why you must carry fire. Fire ends all arguments. It ends all arguments. The person might still struggle. But at least, that's something to investigate. I was preaching one day in our Lagos church, Island Church. And I said, there is someone here, here, here. In fact, the person's friend almost fainted because <laughs> she persuaded her friend to come to church and then this happened. This was her friend's first time in church. And the person said, I pointed at the lady like this. There is someone here. You said there is no God. So how do I know that you are in church? I'm pointing at you now. How do I know? The friend did like this. <laughs> because fire ends arguments. One day, Elijah called the prophets of Baal. We are tired of theological debates and apologetics. Set your altar, let me set mine. He says, the God that answers by fire, let him be what? Listen, you witness with fire. Fire is a witness. Fire is a witness. Ah, <laughs> it might be looking at you funny. The moment fire shows up, all arguments die. All arguments die. <laughs> I said, the moment fire shows up, I said, the moment fire shows up, what happens? Fire is a witness. 
before you represent God in the palace, before you have the audacity to stand before Pharaoh and say, let my people go, make sure you have been before the burning bush. It is by fire that you become empowered to witness. By fire. If you are a minister of the gospel here, don't think that eloquent preaching can do it. I, see, I cannot begin to tell you how many times divine direction and just sheer power has helped us in this ministry. I can't begin to tell you. If you get every other thing right, dress like me, carry iPad, have nice venues, it won't cut it. It is non-negotiable. See, and let me tell you this. There is no room for market segmentation where some people just like to amplify their natural proclivity and just say, you know what, I will just stick to teaching. Let other people, it's, it's, it's not market segmentation. You shall receive power. Non-negotiable. You will need it tell you a story I don't think I've told before. There was a book I was reading in school. I don't read books like that anymore, but I don't know. I just felt curious. I was reading this book about someone who was um, a child of God, who is a child of God now, but used to be in the occult. And he shared so many very interesting, some of them controversial, but many of them profound things. And so I got to class I'm reading the book because the lecturer is not yet around. And then one boy, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to segregate or anything or discriminate, but make of this whatever you want. The boy is from Benin. He just came to, to me. He said, can I see the book you're reading? And then I was wondering, in the table, in the, about the author, the guy was mentioning his rank in the occult before, before God saved him. But I didn't know the meaning of all those things. This guy knew the meaning. He said, hey, he was this. He was that. He was this. The next thing, the boy who was passing sat beside me. And with a firm, deep voice, his voice changed. He said, we don't want you to read that book. Give it to me now or else. This was broad daylight, afternoon in class. Are you listening to me? Afternoon. Everybody was just playing, you know, doing their business, what people do before the lecturer comes in. And this guy was threatening me in a private university. See, he said, I should give him this book now or else. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> ah, that's cute. It's not mouth. See, you have to understand, God has schooled us to be careful with words. One pronouncement, that guy will be gone. You have to understand. So I looked on him with pity. I said, if you were anything significant in the occult, you would have been able to gauge the person you are talking to. You, you would have been able to gauge. You, you will know your mates. I said, stand up and leave this place. <laughs> because I'm telling you from experience, the deep ones know who not to try. I, I, I was at Ikeja City Mall and there was, I don't know if those guys are still there. There was a time some people, I don't know if the Muslims will accept that they are part of them, but they dress like imams, you know, and claim to be imams. But these guys, you know, you know what they do. Like, they're into hypnosis. So just 
talk to you a few things and then you lose your consciousness and all of that. So I was just parking. My window was wound down. And one of them just came to me and said, sorry, sir. Can his, his friends, his colleagues were in the car. So, of course, that was the trade. They were supposed to go around, talk to people, and then people would follow them. So, as he was trying to do it with me, his friends looked and saw me. They didn't recognize me, at least not in the flesh. Do you understand what I'm saying? And as he was trying to talk, they, they started shouting, Leave him alone! Come back! Leave him alone! Come back! I go hypnotize you. You don't, you don't, you will follow me to church. You will sweep. After seven days, I will now tell you the gospel. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying this to excite you. I'm not even telling you what is true about your pastor alone. Listen, and the, you see, it, it is sad. It is sad that many churchgoers don't know these things. But he makes his angel spirits. He makes his ministers flames of fire. When they look at you with any mirror, with any spiritual eyes, what do they see? They see fire. That's how from today they will start telling, leave her alone, leave him alone, leave her. He makes his angel spirits. Ministers flames of fire. Listen. Before we are done in this conference, more than ever before, fire will engulf you. Yeah. Remember, a long time ago, 2012, I noticed one lady stopped coming, you know. One lady came with her friends, but she alone started coming. I said, where is your friend? said, oh, she's fighting a lot of spiritual battles. What happened? Well, she has a spirit husband, you know. She has gone to many churches. Nothing could happen. I said, please, can you call her? I would like to pray for her. She said, ah, she will not answer. She has given up. I said, okay. Tell her I said I want to try. <laughs> I think you were in the office that day. And I laid hands on her in a vision. She saw herself go to the water as she used to. But the people who were usually there to welcome her were running away from her. And she's saying, what is going on? They said, leave us alone. Leave us alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think I don't think we had prayed up to 10 minutes. Glory to God. Say this with me. Say, thank you, Father. You make your angel spirits and ministers flames of fire. Say, I'm a flame of fire. <laughs> Say it again. Say, I'm a flame of fire. Say it again. Say, I'm a, flame of fire. I'm a flame of fire. The second thing that fire represents is protection. The devil said about Job, ah, ah, you put an edge of protection, an edge of protection around him. Come on, are you with me? An edge is for protection. Open a, a, a book you hardly open. Obadiah. I hope you know where that is. Obadiah chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Very quickly. This is very powerful. You know Obadiah 1, 17, but maybe you never read into verse 18. Verse 17 says, But upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance. You know that, right? There will be a lot of deliverances by fire in this camp meeting. Yeah. Say amen like you believe it. Yeah. It says, Upon 
Mount Zion. There shall be deliverance and there shall be holiness and the house of Jacob shall possess what? Ah, whatever has been stolen from you is coming back. Verse 18, it says, And the house of Jacob shall be what? Did he say they shall have fire? It says they, they shall be a fire. So you have to understand, Jacob is not talking about the person. Esau is not talking about the person. He's talking about the nations that were born from them. And you see, the nations born out of Esau, they were enemies of God's people, always trying to fight them and take their land and all of that. And it says, Jacob shall possess his possession. It says, Jacob shall be a fire. And he says, Esau shall be stubble. So listen, not only does he make you fire, he makes anyone trying to truncate your assignment combustible. That's what he says. They will be highly inflammable. Highly. That's why when you catch fire, you can stand beside a Christian and not much will happen, but you stand beside someone with negative spirituality, they, they react because they are highly combustible. Listen, mind you, not everybody who reacts like that is reacting because they have demons. And listen, I don't really, we shouldn't really care about reaction, we should care about transformation. Some people are so committed not to be embarrassed to their own peril. Ah, if I fall, what would it look like? Ah, what they do? <laughs> you are doing yourself. Make sure you don't resist. I've seen people and ministry like this, they run out. If you run, we'll catch you. Do you understand? Apart from spiritual, we they run, we they gym. <laughs> you know? We'll catch you. Do you understand? Because upon Mount Zion there shall be what? Most. Come on, are you with me? Number three. I need to move faster. So this, I will just end with the introduction. I will teach and then we'll continue from tomorrow. Alright? And then we'll have miracle service tomorrow evening. Number three, approval. Fire represents approval. Divine approval. You see, a couple of times in the Old Testament, one way that God showed that a sacrifice was accepted was by fire. And so listen, Aaron had prepared an altar, put an animal on it, ready for the burnt offering, you know, but this time around, they were not going to use matches to light it up. They were not going to use petrol. The Bible says, suddenly, fire came from the presence of God and kindled upon it and everybody was afraid. Can you imagine that? Fire. And that was how they knew that the sacrifice was accepted by fire. That's how they knew. So it was a symbol of approval. And so listen, the Bible says, like I quoted earlier, in Acts chapter 2, they were in one accord in one place. Not the car. Just figure of your speech. So, and then suddenly a sound of rushing mighty wind. Cloven tongues as of fire. Semenongres. Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Cloven tongues as of fire sat on the head of all of them. And not only did that represent their being full of the Spirit, it meant that they were accepted of God. It was a symbol, a seal of righteousness. You have to understand that the Spirit had an emblem 
was fire. That's what it represented. And then when you have the Holy Spirit, you have to understand what it means. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed. Come on. You were what? With the Holy Spirit of promise. A seal represents authenticity. That's why there are some things you will buy and there is a seal on it. And they will tell you if the seal is broken, don't buy it. Right? It represents authenticity. So when God gives you his spirit, it is his witness to the world that you are his. It represents approval. In Acts 2, that approval was dramatized so that everybody will know. Cloven tongues as a fire. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. And here is how I know. In Cornelius' house, after Peter preached, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. And then when people in Jerusalem were challenging Peter that he went to the house of a Gentile, he said, well, I had a trance. I went there while I was still speaking. The Holy Ghost fell on them as it did on us at the beginning. As it did on us at the beginning. Now, the Bible didn't tell us in Cornelius' house that there was fire. But it was the same. Come on, are you getting this? It was the same. That means the fire was just emblematic of the spirits. And that the spirit represented approval. And so listen, this is how Peter ended the debates. Can Gentiles be saved? He says the Holy Spirit fell on them as it did on us. That means as much as we are accepted, they are accepted. So that's what fire represents. Acceptance, approval. When God wants to show you forth to his world as someone that belongs to him, he does it with fire. You know what he told John the Baptist? He says, the person on whom you see the spirit descend. Come on, are you getting this? Uh, that's, that's how you know, by the descent of the spirit. Fire represents approval. You don't have to lobby for it. God will show it off. He likes to show off. He likes to show it off. <laughs> If you belong to him, he will try to show people once or twice in your lifetime. This one is my own. I don't want to give you stories. Time, time will not allow. But just to be sure you're following, what's number one? Come on, come on, say that like a witness. What's number one? What's number two? What's number three? Number four. Jesus. Jesus is not number four. Number four <laughs> is sanctification. Oh dear Lord. Number four is what? You see, John said, I baptize with water. But he that is coming is mightier than I. He will baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He says he will come with a pruning fork and he will thoroughly purge his floor. You see, you have to understand that John the Baptist's ordinance was not entirely strange because in Jewish culture, they had a lot of cleansing with water. It represented purification. But John says there is a greater purification. He says fire purifies. Come on, are you with me? You see, in this generation, you will need it. You will need it. If you are born again, you already have it. But the consciousness of it will rise to the surface. Are you listening to me? Ah, so 
you have to understand, you are not in the era of the Old Testament where they tell you, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, and then you just try. You try not to, or you try to. You are in the dispensation of fire. John the Baptist baptized with water unto repentance, meaning people changed or decided to do better by symbolically entering that water and changing their mind about habits and stuff like that. But yours, he says he will enter the floor of your heart with a broom. He will gather the chaff and set it ablaze. So he's telling you that by the operation of the spirit in your life, habits can die. Are you listening to me? That's the promise of the old covenant about the new covenant. He says, I will give you a new law, not according to the law that I gave your fathers, which covenant they broke. He says, I will put my spirit in, in your inward parts. It's going to happen from inside. I will cut off the stony heart out of your flesh. Give you a heart of flesh. A heart transplant will happen. Come on, are you with me? So listen. Now someone said, Pastor, well, how come I'm still struggling? Oh my God. It is because if you live by the Spirit, you must also walk in the Spirit. And you walk in the Spirit by knowing. You, so I, I'm telling you, he makes his ministers fire. And that has its manifestation also in sanctification. Do you know something can come on you and the desire to keep some kind of company will die? It will just die. Some friendships can expire. You listen. Oh my God. I know what I'm saying. When I got this thing I'm talking about, some friends expired. I, I, it's not like I was classist or anything or elitist. We sat down, there was nothing to talk about. Interests have changed. What, what are we going to talk about? The interests have changed. The passions have changed. The desires have changed. The priorities changed. By the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost. And I will... <coughs> it got so serious, I would tell small lie like this. I won't be able to sleep. In fact, some of them just not even lie. Maybe it's a small exaggeration. I won't be, I'll call and say, sorry, I said that. This is what I meant to say. And many times the person will be like, it doesn't really matter. It matters. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we're going to see more of that in this generation. It's not going to be only when people are watching in private and in the open. A fire of separation. Come on, are you with me? Uh huh. Where he says, Let they that name are named after Christ depart from iniquity. A fire of separation. He says, You come out from amongst them. Don't you understand? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He says, I have called you out. Show it. Start walking like it. Start walking like it. And don't worry. You, you don't really know how to go about this. Fire will do it. Did you hear what I said? Say it again. Say, Father, I thank you that you make your angels spirits and ministers flames of fire. Say it again. I thank you, Father. That you make your angels spirits and ministers flames of fire. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Say it again. Say, Father, I thank you. You make your angels spirits. Ministers flames of fire. Say it again, Father, I thank you. You make your angels spirits, 
ministers flames of fire. I give you five minutes. Thank him. Thank him that you are on fire. Everything he requires, he has enabled you to do. He has enabled you to do. of fire. Thank you. Flames of fire. 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 Thank you, Lord. Listen to me in Jesus' name. I didn't write this in my notes, but the Lord spoke to me right now and gave me an extra point. I never thought about this. He says, fire is also for direction. After the exodus from Egypt, they were led with pillar of clouds and pillars of fire for direction. And this is the word of the Lord. A lot of people are going to receive supernatural direction. Oh, that's for someone. Direction. 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 By the fire of the Holy Ghost. I'm giving you 10 more seconds. You, you, you see, you have to understand, it is by fire. It is by fire. He makes his angel spirits, his ministers flames, 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 flames. Those of you online, he makes his angel spirits, his ministers flames of fire. Wherever you are, wherever you are, he makes his angel spirits ministers flames of fire. Flames of fire. Flames of fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, tell me in the name of Jesus, I'm a flame of fire. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost, say my prayer life is alive, is full of fervor, because I'm a flame of fire. Say in the name of Jesus, I walk in sanctification because I'm a flame of fire. Say, in the name of Jesus, there's a hedge of protection around me because I'm a flame of fire. Oh, say, in the name of Jesus, 
I'm a witness for God. Because I'm a flame of fire. Say, I'm a witness for God. Because I'm a flame of fire. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.